Welcome to the Brand Ambassadors, your wide-angle look at the field of PR and what it means for your company. Your host is Merritt Hamilton Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield. Every firm has a compelling narrative that sets them apart from the crowd. In your company, you can use your own background and storytelling to your advantage as well as that of your business. Now, here are your hosts, Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield. Good morning and happy 2018. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen and I'm joined live by Gary Potterfield, who I think will be broadcasting today from the heart of the polar vortex. That's where I am. There's, there, there's a chill in the air here at the National Harbor and there's ice. Uh, I, I won't go skating on it, but there's ice in the National Harbor as well here in is the Potomac is the is the Potomac frozen? Well, I don't know how I, I'm. You know, I've not tried to go across it, so I don't. I think it's to a certain extent. I think it is. Certainly, the harbor is where there's no flow, where the water isn't is uh, rather still. Wow. Well, well, good good luck in the um, uh, cyclone bomb or bomb cyclone weekend aftermath. I imagine uh, were there a lot of closings. Yeah, there's a, schools are still closed in the area. Airport, uh, the airport delays and uh, and canceled flights. Uh, mainly, though, I think because of uh, not necessarily because of us, but because of the other locations where where the people would fly to, like up north to the New, new England and uh, New York and such, where it is really nasty. We, we yeah, we've got uh, you know 10 degrees and uh, wind chills below zero, but uh, nothing like what they're having up north. Now, I wonder, um, so the government didn't close or any of the uh, government closed. There was a two-hour delay yesterday, two-hour delay. Oh, okay. That's... I didn't realize any of that, not that we're federal government, but uh, until I didn't realize, I wasn't paying much attention until I started driving to work and uh, driving to the harbor yesterday, and it was like, wow, these roads are awful. And um, and they and still, the, because of the cold, it's um, uh, the side streets are still, um, they're still difficult to pass, so... At any rate, um, that's what you get for global warming. Wait a minute. Anyway. <laughs> there you go. Just, just, just a nice polar vortex. Well, it's our, our first show of the new year. And if you've been following the brand ambassadors, we talk about how uh, em- employees, executives, anybody um, essentially who has a job can improve their organization and improve their career through effective communication. Uh, It's uh, PR on a micro scale, uh, if you will. And uh, last last week we went through some of the the big stories. uh, and, And we've really been talking about perception. We've been talking about what might be considered return on objective or overhead. Well, this week's guest, I think, is going to be uh, really unique because uh, he's going to share with us how effective communication really drives operations and revenue and bottom line and sales. And that's a topic we haven't really covered. We've covered, we've talked about marketing some, lot, very PR heavy. And uh, uh, just to refresh everyone's memory, we we kind of use the term marketing as communication and outreach efforts that uh, revolve around ending in a sale and public relations uh, as outreach and efforts that uh, are, are working to form an opinion. They're, they're a little different there. And then, of course, there's just straight out uh, sales, uh, providing goods or services uh, uh for money and convincing uh, clients uh, that they want to buy from you, so I think I think it's going to be a, a good show today. We certainly, in our own way, do uh, plenty of sales. Try just to keep our uh, keep our doors open. 
Sales are good. That's that's my that, that should be on a that should yep. be on a uh, like on a, on a, on a statue, like uh, knowledge is good from uh, the statue at Faber University Faber College in uh, in uh, um, what was it Animal House. <laughs> so sales are good. Or I think I want to get t- I think I want to get T-shirts made that say "Ask me about our six quarter pipeline." <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I think right. Oh, goodness. Well, here we are. And so, so uh, go ahead. I'm just going to you know, point out, um, uh, we tend to, as a consultancy, not think of ourselves as in the uh, mode of sales. But uh, absolutely, uh, we are. Whether it's, and of course, we do so much government, government work, it can seem like an anonymous, faceless bid process. But I tell you, we're... And you know this, Gary, particularly with our SBA client uh, and uh, some conversations we're also having inside the Beltway, uh, you can't replace the face-to-face contact uh, ahead of an RFP coming out. Um, yeah, and uh, it, it, it is. Um, it can get rather um, discouraging to when, you, when you're doing nothing but uh, looking at your computer and, and just resp- and just responding to things uh, uh, facelessly, because you get that feeling about the. Uh, you know the big uh, massive bureaucracy and the fact that uh, you're 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 just a grain of sand, and you know trying to make sense. So it it changes everything truly uh, when you do go uh, go actually meet someone and they go, oh, you're a real person from a real company who wants to do real good work. And uh, so yeah, indeed. And and I think without that type of preparation, without that type of advanced work, you're not just a grain of sand. You're a grain of sand throwing darts. I'm going to remember that and put that in my mind. I'm going to think about how how you could. I wish I was an artist. I could I could draw that. <clears throat> I'll ask, I bet Emily could represent it somehow in sea glass jewelry. Emily is our director of business development, so she's yeah. uh, uh, really in charge of uh, maintaining our sales plan, and she's also a great jewelry artist. Hey, uh, so I've got to remember it, what her website is. Well, you'll have to, before we wrap up, I'm sure, I'm sure that Emily's listening. She can send, send yeah. it on to us and we can go. Um, in, in preparation for today's show, I did so, a, a little research and I was looking at things related to workforce engagement. And um, um, I saw a thing from Forbes. Um, uh, you want to hear the top 10 factors that uh, the Boston Consulting Group survey of 200,000 people around the world said are the most important? Want to hear that? I'll share it with you. Yes, I sure do. Okay, okay. Um, well, this is, and, and these are, I think, um, good. The first one is appreciation for your work. Well, let's see. If you would just appreciate me more, Merritt, I would be the happiest guy on the planet. So appreciation for your if work. If I appreciated you any more, Anna wouldn't be speaking to me. <laughs> boom, boom. Uh, <laughs> right. And which leads right into the next one, uh, appropriately or not, uh, good relations with colleagues. Um and uh, and I think that uh, we we do pretty well in that regard. Um, good. I think we work, I, and I think we work really hard as a company. Um, it's very easy in um, uh, when we've got f- uh, folks working on the client site forty hours a week uh, uh, to for those uh, folks to be isolated, and not feel like they're part of a, a, a larger company. So, of course, we're not a larger company; we're a very small company. So, we're able but that to is important. I mean, that is, but that is you know, with this, and, and, and when you're in the business of uh, the kind of things that we do, and you and you do provide uh, employees to clients on the client site full time. 
and you don't see them that often. That's a huge thing. I mean, this morale can go down quickly if someone feels that they're just um, out there on an island. That uh, the client they don't they don't belong to the client, and they don't feel like they belong to the company that who pays them, and so that could be a problem. So yeah, that's very important. Good work life balance is the number three uh, currently on the on the top ten list, and um, uh, yeah, that I you know. It's when you actually get to go home in the at the end of a work day and uh, and not think about work too much. Um, and here's one good relationship. You know, that, that, that's go an interesting. I was just say I I think that's such an an interesting trend I, I saw um, come up where uh, companies um, in their buildings, uh, even if they're just in a single building, try and create a campus and there's um, a gym and takeout. And the idea is, I don't think so much work-life balance as just to make you never want to leave work. <laughs> you well, know, see, can I have a you know, if, um, dinner's ordered and every night at seven o'clock and you're still there? Can I have a ping pong table? Or maybe you know, I could or maybe in the old days, I'd say old, old, old days, I'd say, can I have like a, a, a pinball machine? But uh, give me a ping pong table, Merritt, and I'll stay around like cool, all night. Cooler. Okay. Okay. Uh, other cool things, uh, good relationships with superiors. Well, that's just hopeless. Let's move on. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing. Um, uh, the, the, the thing you think is, is so important, um, uh, which would be salary, which is certainly is important and has been a top, uh, a top one for many years. But right now, that's down to number eight. Attractive fixed salary is number eight in the in the top ten list. So huh. interesting things. That well, I, I think the fixed is important. Uh, understanding that you've got um, a known bottom line. Right. Um, uh, yeah. At least, uh, and I think for the most part, um, yeah. That that I think is what attracts a lot of people to government work, where they go, okay, I've got this thing, and I know what I've got, and I've got it for a long time, and at least they hope. And, uh, and and move on. When you have a small company such as ours, um, it, it's a little bit more of the Wild West. I don't think in terms of the stability of the salary, but simply um, the fact that, um, you know, it, it's, it's um, you have, when you're entrepreneurial, you, you know, you, it's a little bit uh, more uncertain. Uh, but, but, uh, but anyway, it's number eight on the list, not, number, not in the top ten. Uh, interesting job content is one. Um, and then uh, number 10, which uh, I think is actually probably higher anymore, is company values. And I think we'll talk a little bit about that today, too, um, in order, you know, for a company. Absolutely. For, for We've been people. talking about company culture for a long time. Right. So uh, uh, let me see. Did I miss any? Uh, learning and career development um, and the company's st- uh, financial stability. Those are the, uh, the remaining ones that are in the, in the top 10 list from this uh, Boston consulting group. So, yeah, I can see that all of those uh, matter a lot. And, um, and when we talk about the, and to achieve those things, it does indeed require that leadership in a company communicate, you know, uh, regularly and effectively with their employees. And that's and uh, simply is simply a fact that people uh, can't do the work you want them to do unless they really know what your goal is and, and how it uh, matters to them. Right. 
and what's our, our goal? Our goal is to our goal is to do a great show today, which we hope we're doing, um, and uh, it's going to be uh, even greater still in about uh, in a, in a few minutes uh, when we when we bring our guest uh, Jeff Candelaria from Connection Now on, and that's going to be exciting. And uh, he's from your neck of the woods, right, Merritt? Yep, he's a local Albuquerque guy. Yeah, so we'll, that'll be great. Uh, We're looking um, forward to great. That. Uh, great, great background. Um, uh, you know, this is a guy who's um, amassed fifty million dollars in sales. He knows what he's doing, and he knows how to connect with people to make those sales happen. I can. Uh, that would be great to hear. I want to hear just, just you know, how to become a millionaire in business. Uh, first, get a million dollars. So right. Jeff is coming up in uh, in, uh, in in just a, a little while, and uh, so here we go, uh, folks. Uh, give us a call. Um, uh, you know, our number. Uh, uh, where's our number? Our number 866-472-5790 or, um, or give us an email at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com and we'll be back with Jeffrey Candelaria from Connection Now in just a couple minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you a business leader or executive that wants to achieve more? Not just in it and profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways. Listen for the Business Elevation Show with host Chris Cooper. You'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. The Business Elevation Show can be heard live on Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, usually 4 p.m. U.K., on the Voice America Business Channel. Be more. Achieve more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You 
are listening to The Brand Ambassadors. To reach our program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. Thanks uh, for coming back to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton-Allen with co-host Gary Potterfield, and we have our uh, featured guest with us now, Jeffrey Candelaria of Connection Now. Good morning, Jeffrey. Thanks so much for joining us. It's my pleasure to be with you. Well, uh, we've been uh, talking this whole series about effective interpersonal communication, whether it's crisis management, whether it's employee motivation, but we haven't really talked about the bottom line and driving uh, uh, sales and revenue and operations through effective relationship building. And that's really what you're all about. Yes. I've really built a whole career based on trying to earn uh, customer relationships, not just consumer relationships. And as you know, because of the influx of technology, the smartphone specifically, uh, the laptop computer, that kind of thing over the last 30 years, uh, the whole shift has really been from what used to be a customer to a consumer. And I'm trying to resurrect that uh, customer relationship based on deploying trust, commitment, distinction, and, of course, performance. So you think that... Um, well, uh, Jeffrey... how, how do you do that? Go ahead, Mary. How, do, how well, do you do uh, How do you do that in this digital age? How do you uh, get people um, away from uh, their screens and in front of people? Well, I think, first of all, you have to declare that if in my business or if you're a, a plumbing shop or whatever company you have, that if you truly want a customer-based relationship, you have to say, that's the basis of my business. And in doing so, I want uh, sustainable relationships with my customers. And in order to do that, you have to, be, you have to make commitments to your customers, and you have to be very transparent, and you have to really live and personify trust. So I have a video series, for example, where I define what trust is. Think about this, Marin, uh, Merit. Most people say they want trusted relationships, but they really don't describe trust. They just use the word trust, passion, commitment as cliches, but they don't describe those. In my business, and I teach my clients to talk about trust openly, to talk about what it is and how uh, you as a business owner deploy trust and what you expect in return if you want a sustainable relationship with your customers. You know, uh, I was going to say that uh, I think that a lot of businesses probably, or there's pressure on employees and uh, on business owners and everyone in the organization when they go, yes, I should go talk to my customer and I should work on this, uh, on the on the issues of trust, but doggone it, uh, that's not making me a new sale. I think there's probably a lot of pressure there. Do you, do you find that? Well, I actually find the reverse. When you actually say to you, uh, like Meredith and I have known each other, through uh, different incarnations of my career for the last 15 years. And um, I believe she knows that she can trust me, although she's not my customer. If and when she does become a customer, I would, before we do a transaction, I would talk to her about what trust means. And so 
in my video series and the way I instruct my clients, I dissect what trust is. And, for example, trust is essentially an emotion, and it's essentially an emotion that relates to being devoted and uh, reliability. When you can rely and, and are devoted to someone, when you're loyal to them, that's part of the emotion of trust. Secondly, trust is repeatable behavior, okay? Because think about people that don't, that you don't trust. They've essentially betrayed you because they set up an expectation and then they've betrayed that expectation. The third aspect of trust, which, which I talk about, is you have to take action to devotion and to loyalty. Also, it has to take place over time, and you have to be authentic and transparent throughout the process. So I basically dissect trust and teach trust to people so that they can, if they're trustworthy, uh, basically invoke themselves into that construct. Does that make any sense? Yeah. I'm, um, I'm thinking, too, that um, if, if you do think about it, the, the you know, going out to do new work or find new customers, uh, clients, whatever, um, is actually in some ways is harder than and less, um, uh, I guess, uh, less enjoyable than, than working on a trust, trusting relationship with a customer. So I think that'd be great if I go, wow, I, I, what am I going to do today? I'm going to build my relationship with my, with my customers. That's, uh, that sounds a very positive message. Well, what I teach is really very obvious. And if you think about any great leader in the last 50,000 years that we've been civilized, any great leader does the obvious and masters the obvious. The problem with what's happened to our country because of technology is we don't talk about obvious things. Think about how many people say and how many commercials we see on television and so forth that talk about the word passion. I'm passionate. I'm passionate. Well, nobody can describe that. What does that mean? It becomes a cliché. So I'm trying to change the language with which, you know, with which we, which we talk to each other as business people. The word commitment, for example, is another thing that I talk about in my video series and my instruction. Most people don't talk about commitment and describe it specifically. If you can describe your particular commitment, your particular commitment to your client, not your companies, not the, not the things that they expect. When I was in banking, for example, I would say out loud, um, I didn't bring a brochure to this meeting, Miss Allen, because I didn't write the brochure, and you know I didn't write the brochure. I want to talk to you about what I'm going to commit to you, because the bank is going to speak for itself. You expect it has money. You expect there are ATMs. You expect the tellers know how to make change. You expect that we know how to make a loan. But if you can talk about your specific commitment, ethical commitment, inside the context of what you do for a living, then you become distinctive. Well. Absolutely, and I just I want to give a, a quick uh, uh, website out. If you're interested in this video series, you can find it at Jeffrey Condelaria, and that's uh, J E F F R E Y. JeffreyCondelaria.yondo, Y-O-N-D-O.com. A question I have, and let's, let's look at banking customers. We've gotten so used to ATMs and online transactions. Is it a challenge to turn consumers back into customers? Um, do you find that um, uh, the clients we're looking for are resistant to uh, this type of relationship and they just want to keep it all on their screen? No, I believe, I believe clients want relationships with their bankers. The problem, again, is because of technology and because of texting and all this minimization of language, 
we are not really taught to ask the right questions as a customer. So, for example, when I was in banking, I would talk to customers based on, uh, I would ask questions like this. I would say, what, what does money mean to you? Okay? So, money means different things to different people. Okay? For example, with me, I grew up relatively in a poor area. My grandparents raised me. My mother died when I was a kid. So, we never really had credit. We didn't understand credit. We didn't deal with credit. I dealt with cash. So I've got to still see as a grown-up cash. It's an odd thing, but that's the way I relate to money, okay? So when you can begin to ask customers in banking, for example, how they have relationships to money, where did they learn about money, what does money mean to you, and if you can make commitments to the way they interpret money, then you become more, you become customized to their particular interpretation of money. Again, we don't get trained that way in big industries because we get trained from the top down. I try to train people from the inside out. Does that make sense? From the inside out. Who are you? Not just what you do. That sounds like a... a, a it shouldn't sound revolutionary, but it sounds like a revolutionary idea. Well, I... I believe I began to revolutionize banking in Albuquerque, and uh, that's why I decided to start my own company, because I really want to take this message throughout the industry, insurance industry, finance industry. The problem is, because of top-down training, we as people that are professionals in those industries, I don't believe we're asking the right questions of our customers. Well, we're what are the right trans- questions? We're, actually, we're ask, asking transactional questions when we should be asking about professional relationship questions. Can you give me an example? Yes. An example would be most people in the banking industry are going to say, okay, Merritt, thank you for meeting me uh, with lunch today. Here's our brochure. Tell me what you do. Okay, so when you talk about what you do, you're, ba- you're basically dealing with the limbic part of your brain, the lizard part of your brain, which is basically a transaction. It's the immediacy of, of now. I try to stress more of a frontal cortex relationship, the abstract. So I would say merit. Not only do I want to know what you do, but in, in, in a better place to serve you, I want to know how can, who are you? So I can serve not just what you do, but who you are. Does that make sense? Who you are. When you can begin to serve people based on who they are, not just what they do, then you're basically serving a more frontal cortex relationship, a sustainable relationship. You're serving who they are, which is really a relationship based on trust, not just what they do, which is really just a consumer based on transactions. I'm, one, I'm wondering. Uh, I'm wondering how the uh, if you get um, some odd looks uh, from potential uh, cli- clients or customers when you begin to address them this way. Um, and actually, I, I, we're about to go to break, uh, Jeffrey. So uh, I'm gonna, we'll, we'll maybe address that when we come back. We are. This is the brand ambassadors, and uh, uh, we are talking with Jeffrey Candelaria of Connection now with some uh, very interesting ideas about um, uh, how we in- engage with customers. Um, this uh, give us a call at eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero or send us an email 
at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima, our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom-line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program welcome back to the brand ambassadors i'm gary potterfield along with merritt hamilton allen and uh, our guest today, Jeffrey Candelaria of Connection Now. And uh, Jeffrey, you uh, you do something uh, sounds very interesting, story-based sales, which sounds uh, very interesting. Why don't you tell us about that? Yes. So you were asking at the uh, other side of the break that it can be a bit di- uh, difficult and awkward to talk of, uh, to a potential client that you don't know about who they are and not just what they do. So typically, the way I would open up that, uh, that uh, conversation is I have a little pyramid graph that I would usually bring to a meeting, and it's really based on four different levels of interacting or connecting. 
The first level is typically what people do in sales. They ask, what do you do? Sometimes they even ask, level two, how do you do it? But real relationships begin based on why do you do what you do? Why are you an attorney? Why are you a plumber? What is your purpose behind that? And then level four, the deepest part of my uh, relationship based on my graphic here is who are you? So when you can get to who they are, I call that story-based sales. You ask even a millennial. You can ask even a Generation X person, anyone. They all have a sense of a story in their life, a sense of who they are, a sense of who they want to be, a sense of legacy, a sense of purpose. When you can ask questions around that, then they typically put their phones down and they start talking about their sense of vision, their sense of purpose, their sense of legacy. And when you can get to that level of connection, and if you can begin to serve them on that basis beyond just the transaction, then you're beginning to have a true trust-oriented, commit-oriented, sustainable relationship. Well, I th- uh, just talking about the generational pieces, something now that I'm um, uh, plenty old and I've, I've seen different uh, generations uh, come through of younger people and uh, senior leaders uh, scratching their heads about how to communicate to them, I kind of feel like young people are just young. And you have to put themselves yourself in their shoes where um, they hide confidence under uh, bravado. They um, uh, are eager to, you know, carve their name on the world before they're 30. All, the, all that good 20-something egocentric stuff we have. Um, and I don't know that it's particular to a generation. And it's just a matter uh, a matter of being that age. And, you know, when you talked about banking relationships, I think my favorite example, this is so funny. Um, I've been with a large bank since I started Vox Optima. And given that um, I needed a credit line in 2008, of course, I was offered a very minimal, unsecured uh, uh, credit line uh, that could be processed automatically. And every time that approaches zero, the bank comes back, uh, on a, on a, via an automated email and offers me another one. Yet, if I call a human and say, you know, I really need X uh, X dollars and some sort of some sort of financing to support this upcoming contract, where I'm going to have to hire ten more people, and then the response is, well, are you cash flowing monthly the amount you wish to finance? Well, no, I wouldn't be asking you <laughs> if I were cash flowing <laughs> right. monthly the amount I need to finance. It, it's like this do loop, and it makes me just not even bother. In some ways, I think it's good. Vox Optima's, um, uh, uh, like you, Jeffrey, we're, we believe in cash. So <laughs> that's how we see money, and uh, we, we do fine that way. But at any time we want to have a conversation about finance, it's so clear that um, uh, there there's a script and there is a, a check a checkbox, and no one is looking at what our company's doing. How do you how um, uh, how, how do organizations overcome that? Well, organizations have to make a commitment to want to overcome that. If they don't, then they're going to continue to have nothing but exactly. consumers, which which are just transactions. What I was trying to teach my bank when I was in that banking industry is. We at the bank at the time, I'm not going to mention the name of the bank, but it kept talking about, it kept promulgating, we want relationships with our customers. But everything they were doing was processed 
transactional base, to your point. So I went to my boss's boss's boss, and I said, if we really want relationships, we have to talk about making personal commitments to our clients that are ethical. And so we have to change the language. We have to change the expectation. We have to change all of it. So I started training some of the bankers, and then I realized I'm just going to start my own business. The point is, if, if banks really want to make this change, they've got to make a commitment to making the change. And it's not that difficult. I'll give you a quick example. When I was in banking, when I would meet someone like you, Merrick, I would say, I want to make a commitment to earn your business. Here's what I'm willing to do. I want to give you, you should have access to your banker beyond regular business hours. Would you agree with that, Merrick? And you would say, yes, of course. Well, most bankers are not going to answer their phone after 530. just doesn't happen. I would say to my clients, I'm going to give you my cell number, and I'm going to answer my phone seven days a week. That was a commitment I was willing to make because it's your money. Don't you think you should have access to a human being seven days a week that you trust? The answer is yes. If a banker's willing to make that commitment, don't you think they're going to earn more business than the next guy or gal because they've made a commitment to their client base? Yes. Of course, in the banking industry, that's almost like, a, I mean, in the old days, it was a, the, 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 the phrase, the joke of, uh, you know, banker's hours or something like that. So, uh, boy, that flies right in the face of that. It does. But again, if I truly want to build a customer base and I'm committed to my career and my industry and I want to, and I want to stand for something, then I'm going to make that commitment. Here's another thing that companies don't talk about. Uh, people in companies generally don't talk enough about what I call access. Think about this. Once you buy a car, once you buy a house, once you have your banking loan, we don't talk about what happens now. And to me, and I teach my clients, really sustainable relationships begin after the sale. After the, that's, when you make the, that's when the relationship should begin. Once you have that loan merit, that you talked about in 2009, I should be in your world pretty continuously after that so that if I can service other loans or other products, services in the banking industry, you're going to call Jeffrey Candelaria at Bank X because I'm committed to you after the loan was processed. So did you go, um, did you go on your own? Jeffrey, did you go on your own because you weren't getting the re- you, you weren't getting the response you expected from your from your company from your bank? Is that what is that was that what started this? That uh, wh- why you you went out to do your own thing? I think it was it was there's a frustration there because think about this. Sometimes if I would earn a, a client and I would get a, a five hundred thousand dollar or a million dollar loan, I will, I could only do so much for that client based on my um, authority in the bank, if that makes any sense. So I would sometimes have to transition that client to someone else inside, uh, inside the bank, okay? And let's say that client had issues. Well, I couldn't always service all those issues because I didn't have access to some of those other platforms inside the bank. So it started in some ways to compromise my reputation, my brand as Jeffrey Candelaria. Does that make sense? And yes. so I was, I was starting to feel a little bit of frustration with that. And then, and then secondly, to be completely authentic and transparent, the banking industry is a, is a very arrogant industry. 
On the commercial side of banking, there's a lot of arrogance as opposed to the retail side. And I'm just saying that out loud. That was my experience. And so when you go to your new clients, now, think, now you, you see people that, uh, that are taking what you've done or what you, your view of things and uh, finding that it's uh, not only a nice thing to do and a nice relationship, but also actually um, uh, improves the bottom line. Is that true? It's good business because I'm doing the obvious. I'm saying to you, what do you expect of me? Let's talk about trust. Let's talk about the commitment I'm going to make to you and your business. Let's define that specifically. Let's talk about access. I'm negotiating expectations beyond the transaction, which is, some, which is what I teach. So I have these different platforms that I teach these obvious principles, okay? I talk about everything is a negotiation. So you negotiate the expectation of your client beyond the transaction. So think about this. If you're buying a car from Jeffrey Candelaria, you expect that the car is going to work. You expect the cigarette lighter is going to work. You expect that the lights are going to turn on when you turn on the lights. Everybody talks about just the, the, the performance of the car. What I would talk about is after you buy the car from me, when and if anything goes wrong, call me and I'll set up all your service appointments. If something doesn't work, call me. You don't have to call the service department. I'll set up your service appointments. So I become a resource. I become the center of your universe with anything that relates to the car. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. So I'm yeah. That's, I'm, um, I'm negotiating an expectation out loud, and I make a commitment to that. It's obvious stuff, but people don't get trained on this stuff, and it's so obvious. And that's where we start talking about brand loyalty, uh, because uh, I, I've certainly uh, seen that, and I, I love your car dealership um, uh uh, example, I wound up buying a car in Arlington, Virginia, because uh, the local dealership here in Albuquerque was so obnoxious to me, and I've got their loyalty. And the Albuquerque dealership keeps asking me what's wrong, and I tell them, and they say, oh. <laughs> so, yeah. Jeffrey, thank you so much. We've been talking with Jeffrey Candelaria of Connection Now. That's www, connection with a K, Connection Now. Dot com, or you can uh, find his sustainable sales video series at jeffreycandelaria.yando.com. Jeffrey, thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to be a guest. Let's do it again sometime. Absolutely. I can't wait to have you back because I think this is, this is uh, important for not just every business, but for every employee. You're listening to the Brand Ambassadors. I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen, and uh, my co-host is Gary Potterfield. You can reach out to us live at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com. We'll be back after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. When business people think PR, they usually think spin. Good, bad, or indifferent. But spin without a strategy gets you nowhere but lighter in the wallet. At Vox Optima. 
our outcome-based communication is about results, not the ride. You're focused on your bottom line goals, and so are we. From strategic planning to creative design and production, Vox Optima has experts ready to support your requirements today. Also look to Vox Optima for crisis communication, media training, and issue management. Vox Optima is a service-disabled veteran and a woman-owned business with consultants working from coast to coast. Vox Optima ties PR strategy and every last communication product to what your organization needs to be successful. At Vox Optima, you won't be spinning your wheels. You'll be getting results. Strategy, not spin. To make our results work for you, visit VoxOptima.com. That's VoxOptima.com. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you are listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkard every Wednesday at 3 Pacific. Trends in global business are changing all the time. It used to only be worrying about your competitor across the street, but now that competitor may be across the world. On Global Business with Mahesh Joshi, we discuss the trends in global business, plus issues and solutions that business leaders face today. Each show is guaranteed to teach you something that you didn't know before about global business. Listen live every Wednesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern for the Money Answer Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. are listening to the brand ambassadors to reach our program today please call in to 1-866-472-5790 that's 1-866-472-5790 or send an email with questions or comments to brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com now back to this week's program welcome back to the brand ambassadors i'm gary ponderfield along with Merritt hamilton allen and uh, Merritt, uh, I know I mentioned this during the break, one of the breaks, is that, um, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the things that Jeffrey's discussion to me brought up is the fact that uh, I wasn't really thinking about the fact that as a consumer or a customer of banking or whatever, um, I, I've kind of gotten out of the habit of expecting interpersonal relationships with businesses. And, uh, and I think that uh, it, it tells me that um, I need to get back in the habit 
of uh, expecting a relationship with businesses. And if certainly from our perspective as a business, well, we try to do it, but I, you know, to, to, to focus more on that uh, relationship. I absolutely agree. And, you know, that's something uh, uh, we've certainly seen at Fox Optima. We can have a lovely uh, six-quarter sales pipeline, but if all we're doing is checking the status and updating um, a spreadsheet, that's not the same as leaving the office and going, to, going and talking to the prospects on that spreadsheet. Right. And I think the thing is that uh, is that um, um, it's we, we all know this, but we ne- don't necessarily transition it into what Jeffrey is talking about. Is the fact that it's a lot easier to uh, retain a customer than to get a new one. It costs you less to retain a customer than it is to go out and get a new one. Just like it, it costs you less to retain a good employee than to go out and find a new one. Well, of course, that was our our founding business model is uh, we got a multi-year contract within, I don't know, three days of formation. It was uh, uh, a, a phenomenal uh, uh, boost to get started. And I think our first year, we just kind of focused, keep the work we've got, right. make <clears throat> this perfect. But <clears throat> you also can't rely on a single client. You always have to be going out um, and looking uh, for your for your next client. And that can be hard, is uh, especially for small businesses, dividing your time between uh, current customer uh, support and going out for new customer development. I remember my dad, who was he worked for Xerox for many many years. Oh, and by the way, Xerox is one of the top ten was one of the top ten. Uh, uh, bliss customers in this uh, in that Forbes report that I, or the whatever I was reading uh, getting the show. Wow. Anyway, I, I didn't even know that that Xerox was still. I know it's still a thing, but anyway, when da- my dad uh, for twenty years, um, he would go out to the Sparrows Point uh, plant of Bethlehem Steel every Wednesday. I think I remember this uh, to have lunch with his client. I mean, every Wednesday for like twenty years. I'm like, what is what is this thing? Uh, but uh, that's just something you just don't hear. It just doesn't seem like it happens so much anymore. Um, this maintaining of relationships with customers, clients, potential clients. Uh, that uh, absolutely the case. And I think, um, you know, that's um, uh, obviously your dad is a generation uh, ahead of us. And, I don't know that that's old-fashioned. It's just solid business, and some things don't change, even with technology. Yeah, I, I also it's interesting when he, when Jeffrey was talking about the you know the idea that the car salesperson um, would be the person to, to be the point person for that customer for everything. I mean, uh, yeah, that that actually, if you think about it, it kind of doesn't necessarily change the way you organize your company, but certainly to a certain extent, the way you in, engage with customers. Uh, it, it does so. You so so whoever makes the whoever makes that relationship uh, is is the point person for that for that client uh, or customer. It's an interesting way of looking at things. Rather than saying, okay, now that I, yeah, don't talk to me anymore. Talk to person X over in over in maintenance. That's not me anymore. Um, that's just a bad that's that's bad business, I guess. Yeah, and I you you can't. Um uh, put all your customers uh, in the same category. Well, you know, we certainly see that. We do a lot of Navy work. We have a lot of Navy technical customers, but no office is the same. Right. Um, and, and you know what? It's uh, the, the, the you know the again the feeling you get 
uh, when you're dealing with a business um, is based on the relationships you have with people in that business. So, you know, again, you may, may not even be conscious of the fact you go, gosh, I don't like them so much at company X. But company Y, I love those folks, and and maybe you just doesn't come up to the level of conscious thought, but you just know that you like them, and I bet you it's because of those personal relationships. Absolutely, and I think um, a big part of uh, one reason. I really like uh, the work I'm doing at Vox Optima, although I miss every now and then I get to, you know, write something or write a press release that's super exciting, but I actually really love to sell. I like, uh, uh, some people would call me a pleaser, but I like to make people like me. I think it's fun. It's very satisfying and exhilarating. And so I'm looking forward to next week. We're going to be talking, uh, I'm going to be in DC. I'm going to be talking to uh, some, uh, well, they're, they're new clients again. Uh, we just uh, received a, a follow-on contract uh, from one of our long-standing clients, and so uh, we're going to uh, uh, talk with that group. We're going to talk with potential partners, and uh, I think it's going to be—I think it's going to be a great week. I'm excited for it. I look forward to you coming. I just—I hope that the weather clears for you, and uh, or maybe not, or just bring your ice skates. Do you have ice? You have ice skates, Mary? Yeah, I thought of. Uh, I, you know, I have a vestibular disorder, so I don't think putting any sort of propulsion device on my feet is a great idea for my health. No, I wouldn't do that if I were you. But we could have a snowball fight. No, I, I, there you go. There you go. And uh, we'll also be um, supporting one of our Navy clients at the Surface Navy Association uh, Conference, which is... Um, you know, as trade shows go, I think it's so interesting because that is a very chummy, clubby crowd. Um, some, some trade shows are simply vendors selling to other vendors. And the Surface Navy Association is always uh, people in uniform wandering around, bumping into each other uh, and finding about finding out about new cool stuff. Uh, for uh, for the surface fleet. So I'm also looking forward to seeing SNA. Gosh, I've been going since 1999 i can't believe that well it's um it's certainly more one of the more intimate ones even though there's a big crowd there it's just the, by, by virtue of the venue i think and it lends itself to being uh, more chummy i think <laughs> maybe a combination of factors uh, rather than some of the other ones that we deal with that are much more vast uh, but yeah that'll be fun why 1999 boy you've got yeah, the, you've got I the know. t-shirt I the socks the gibbies you've got them all I wonder if next year SNA will have a special Merritt Hamilton Allen uh, edition because it'll be my twentieth year. That's yeah. That's you should give you a pin for that. Yeah. So, uh, if if you want to link up with Gary and me next week, you can probably find us at the Hyatt Crystal City in the bar, drinking with a bunch of Navy guys because <laughs> that's kind of what we like to do. Or whatever company is going to give us uh, herring and uh, vodka. Oh, oh, why can I never remember the name of it? It's a Swedish firm. They're always across from our Navy client, and uh, during the yeah during the cocktail hour, they pass out herring and uh, herring and vodka. So, yes, if we're uh, not eating small, oily North Sea fish or downing vodka, I will be having uh, a nice bourbon on the rocks in the uh, uh, in the lobby bar. So, uh, hope you see you there. Otherwise, uh, uh, stay with us on the brand ambassadors next week or follow us at brand.ambassadors at voxoptima.com for Gary Potterfield I'm Merritt Hamilton Allen and we will talk to you next Friday thank 
you for tuning in this week to the Brand Ambassadors. Please join Merritt Hamilton Allen and Gary Potterfield for another edition next Friday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time and 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.